we are talking about heaven once again. I'm going to try to finish up the rest of the series by the time I go on vacation. So next week should hopefully be the last lesson to put an end on it, although we could just keep going for a long time. But I don't want to be away for three for about three weeks and you know we'll all uh, forget about half the stuff we talked about. So no point in that. So we'll wrap it up next week, Lord willing. Up to this point, we've discussed a lot about heaven, a lot of general things, a few specific things. Today's lesson is going to be uh, focused on some common misconceptions about heaven specifically and also some very specific questions that people often have. We would even say common questions and hope to just address those. And that'll be about the premise of the lesson, is doing those things. I I did do some of these for our young adult Sunday school class. I did add a few more uh, to it that I thought would be good. And also a little bit of a change for those folks that kind of heard it already. And so then the final lesson will be talking about the new earth specifically. The new earth specifically. So up to this point, we talked about heaven predominantly. Almost everything we've talked about is heaven But also, we must not forget the new earth where we will be spending a lot of time. And we'll talk a little about some details and nature of it, some characteristics and different things. But that'll be in the following lesson. So some questions here about heaven and some answers according to the Bible. There's a misconception that we are going to be angels. And everybody probably remembers maybe a grandma, grandparent, sweet old lady that says, Oh, they, you know. They went on to heaven and became a little angel. And although that sounds nice to some, doesn't really sound nice to me. Uh, angel is a messenger. And throughout the Bible, they just fulfill God's will and carried God's message. And so that's kind of their role. But uh, they, they, they had actually a variety of different jobs. But that was uh, the main meaning of the word is messenger. But that's not what is going to happen to us. In order to get a good idea about this, we can go to a specific passage here where the Sadducees tried to trick Jesus by asking him this question. And why were they called Sadducees? They were sad, you see. And why were they <laughs> why were they sad, you see? Because they they didn't believe in the resurrection, right? I had an old-timey preacher told me that, and you, once you hear it, you can never forget it. They tried to trip, trip him up with this question in Matthew 22, 24, and 29, saying, Master Moses said, if a man die having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up seed unto his brother. Now there were with us seven brethren, And the first, when he had married a wife, deceased, and having no issue, left his wife unto his brother. Likewise, the second also, and the third unto the seventh. And the last of all the women died also. Therefore, in the resurrection, whose wife shall she be of the seven? For they all had her. What an interesting question. What an interesting question. And if anybody... uh, If there's any evidence of them really trying to trick Jesus, this would have been one. But as Jesus always did with them, he made them look foolish. And he did have a response to that. Here it is. 
He said, Jesus answered and said unto them, ye do not err, ye do err, I'm sorry, not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels of God in heaven. So there is our answer. We are not going to marry. And from time to time there's some married person who will say, I just can't imagine heaven not being married to the love of my life. <laughs> uh, I thought the tea kettle was ready. Just kidding. Uh, anyway, but for every one of those, there's about 10 other people that say, Man, if I was married to the same person I was on this side, it would not be heaven. It would be hell. Okay, so there's two sides. So there's two sides to that. And their question was improper. And we are going to be like the angel. And what does that mean, to be like the angels? Well, they don't marry, right? Um, also, what is interesting about the angels as well is every angel in the Bible, is always referred to using masculine pronouns, or we would say masculine names as well. Does that mean we're all going to be of the male gender? I, I don't know. I don't know a lot of details about that, but are there no women? I don't, I don't know, but I, I know the angels. Um, you know, are predominantly men. And so, anyways, uh, interesting, interesting to think about for sure. The next one, we'll be as the angels. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, here's a thing. Well, are we going to be tempted? No, we will not have temptation. Revelation 21, 4 says, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. In another verse, and I'll, I'll tie these together in just a moment, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So what is significant about those two verses that have to do with temptation? Well, these two words right here. And there shall be no more death. And then for the wages of sin is death. And the promise of no more death is a promise of no more sin. A promise of no more death is a promise of no more sin. Because death is the consequence of sin, and if there's no death, that we can put it together that there is going to be no more sin. And 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So the question may come back into your mind. Okay. Well, what's the difference going to be in heaven versus when Adam and Eve were created? What's the difference? Well, there is a difference between how we are going to be in heaven versus how Adam and Eve were. The difference is right there, that we are going to be made the righteousness of God. Whereas although Adam and Eve were made perfect, they were not redeemed by his blood at that point. And so, I believe that there's not going to be an option for sin. 
I think that that's probably what's going to happen. But also, since we're going to be made perfect as Jesus was, as Jesus is, I should say, uh, even if there was an opportunity to sin, it would be we would not even have a desire for it. In my mind, at this moment, cannot totally comprehend how that all gets put together because we are so bound to our sin nature at this point and we wrestle with it on a daily basis and it's almost all we know except for the victories that we have in Christ through his shed blood. But it's hard piecing it all together how it's going to fit in. But we are going to be made perfect and there is not going to be any sin. Uh, You could also get on the topic of, well, there was a rebellion in heaven with the angels again. The angels, to all of our knowledge, were not ever redeemed and made in the righteousness of God. They were created beings, and they rebelled. Is there a possibility of another (laughs) angel rebellion? Who knows? Nor will I really probably care. (laughs) And so there's a lot of questions we don't have the answers to, but uh, we do know that there's going to be no more death. Praise God for that. And just this last week or so, I had a, my neighbor next door passed away. And, you know, I mean, I didn't know him too, too well. Um, but uh, he was always nice to my boys. And it's something trying to explain to your children that somebody died. And somebody passed away. And, you know, telling my boys, hey, you know, they're not here anymore, or he's not here anymore. Well, he's with Jesus. And that brings peace, and I'm thankful that, uh, to my knowledge, uh, he was a Christian, and that gives even hope to my children. Oh, he's with Jesus? Yeah. But even what about all the people who aren't? And thank God I haven't had to break anything like that to him yet, but that's the horror of sin, the absolute horror of sin, and It's going to be good to be released from the pains of sin. The next one. But I'm going to miss my life on earth. And our humanity clings to that because we want to stay alive as long as we can. In reality, we are going to live forever. We really are. Our body dies, but our spirit lives on. Pastor Bill often makes the statement that He believes that uh, dying is just a doorway. It's like walking through a doorway. And, you know. So, the upgrade from the old earth to the new earth is almost incomprehensible. Absolutely. There's going to be no more sin, like we just talked about. There's going to be no more curse. There's going to be no more death. There's going to be no more suffering. I'm happy there's going to be no more curse because I was working yesterday and I ran into all sorts of problems. And, you know, Randy Alcorn in his book on heaven does talk about, you know, work. And there was work before the fall and uh, all that. And But it was a different type of work, I believe. It wasn't like the work I was experiencing yesterday. I'll tell you that, where everything that, you know, could go wrong, did go wrong. Up in my attic doing a bunch of stuff was not a... It's not a fun endeavor. Uh, And then also, no more suffering. No more suffering. 
And sometimes suffering is even worse uh, than death. Those of you that have experienced it and uh, even loved ones as you've seen them uh, on their deathbed. And we're not going to miss our old lives because we will be experiencing all that God intends for us in that moment. If the people who died that are in heaven, if they could come back, had the option, they wouldn't want to come back. They would not want to come back. And I'll explain to you why in just a minute as we look at another question that uh, often comes up. Think about it this way. Have you ever went to the hotel, went to a hotel and checked in and come to find out there was a promotion or a special offer or something and they upgraded you to the big room, to the suite. I mean, a room that when you actually, you walk in, it's not just, you don't just see everything. <laughs> Which that's usually hotel rooms I get. When you get like the Hubers, you got to get the one with three or four rooms for all the kids and, you know. But when you walk into the hotel room and you see the one with all, you know, you got to go into different parts of it. You got a kitchen, you got a little refrigerator. Oh my goodness, you don't just have a bathtub anymore. You now have a jacuzzi. Ooh, that's good. And you know, all the other benefits that come with it. And when we, when we get upgraded to something like that, have any of us ever said, oh no, while you're up there, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I want to go back down to my room that was on the first floor, the one that was right next to the people with the dogs that were barking, the one that they didn't put real good sound insulation between. You can hear the baby crying in the next room. Yeah, yeah, that's the one I want. No, we don't ever do that because we're happy for the upgrade from the queen-size bed to the king-size bed, from the parking lot view or my favorite, the view I usually get, which is overlooking the top of the roof with all the AC air conditioners up there. <laughs> now we got an ocean view. You're not going to miss the old room. Just like in heaven, when we step over there, we're not going to say, oh man, I wish I could just go fishing one more time. No. Sorry, Nick. You ain't going to wish that one bit. You're not going to say, oh, well, this thing I had on earth, it was just so fun. And, uh, you know, even the people that were there, that's just not going to be the way it is. Our lives are going to be eternally different. And not for a second are we going to wish to change anything. Now for those in hell, that's a different story. They're going to be wishing that they could come back. We will not be bored. I don't want to go to heaven. I'm just going to be bored all the time. Psalm 16, 1 says, Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. That describes heaven. Although it is vague, it does describe heaven. Because in the presence of God, there is going to be fullness of joy. And we are, when we are standing there right next to Christ, we are going to have pleasures forevermore. And so our belief that heaven is boring presents a heresy. Here it is, that God is boring. And there's no greater nonsense whatsoever. Everything that we experience right now, all the pleasures that we have, the highest joys that we experience, the thrills, they all come at the hand of God who created every single one of them. I mean, if he created 
all those things, don't you think he can duplicate or even amplify those pleasures without the curse of sin that we have? And so our desire for pleasure and the experience of joy comes directly from God's hands. And so let's not be so arrogant as to imagine that human beings came up with the idea of having fun. That's Randy Alcorn who said that. Isn't that true? We have the idea that we're the ones that came up with it, not true. God made our taste buds, adrenaline, sex drives, nerve endings that bring pleasure to our brain, to our bodies. Likewise, the our imaginations and our cap- capacity for joy and exhilaration were made by the area um, that God uses to bring joy. And so it's not going to be boring. People often say sin is exciting and righteousness and living right is boring. And they say, well, won't it be boring to be good all the time? <laughs> and before we cast too much judgment on them, uh, our human nature, we get wrapped up in that same idea sometimes. That's why we fall for sin. If we saw sin for how it truly was, it would never hook us. It's a lie from the devil to think that what he offers brings joy. Sin robs us of fulfillment. And sin doesn't make life interesting, it makes life empty. How many of us have sinned and instantly the Holy Spirit pricks our heart and it feels like there's a big crater (laughs) this big, a big hole inside of us which leaves us empty and makes us feel dirty and unclean and unworthy to enter into the presence of God. Those who believe that excitement can't exist without sin are thinking with sin-poisoned minds. Absolutely true. Heaven is not going to be boring at all. There's going to be thrills. Uh, How will that work with, is there going to be risk of danger? (laughs) I'm not sure. One person that I was reading talked about, uh, he he loved mountain climbing or skydiving. And part of the thrill of that, I guess, is the you know, risk of danger. Is that going to happen in heaven? Who knows? Who knows? But it's going to be good, all I can say. Will we recognize each other? Isaiah 65, 17, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered nor come into mind. Paul anticipated being with the Thessalonians in heaven. He said in 1 Thessalonians 4.13, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope. He was looking forward uh, to being reunited with those folks. And also, this is one of the uh, chief verses that we use, uh, even when we're, when we're talking about death, when we're talking about uh, when we're at a funeral, a memorial service for a brother and sister in Christ, we cling to verses like this for hope. And it does present with itself the idea that we will be able to recognize uh, each other. And uh, Revelation 6, we looked at that before about how those uh, saints that had been martyred, uh, they remembered what happened to them, they remembered their oppressors on earth, they remembered that they had not even been judged yet, 
that you know there was still justice that needed to be served. They remembered those things. Um, it would make sense that we would as well. Uh, think about when Christ in his resurrected body, um, the disciples recognized him on a variety of different occasions. He came, was walking around, and they noticed him. They noticed him standing on the shore cooking fish from a distance. They point and say, look, there's Jesus. Peter jumps in and swims over. They recognized him. Also, you could say, well, what about the situation with uh, Mary in the garden by the tomb and Jesus was talking to her, but he didn't really, she didn't really know? Uh, if you examine that passage carefully, you'll find that that's not a very solid argument by any means. Um, and it really was once Jesus mentioned uh, her name, huh, she realized and she knew it was Jesus. The two people walking on the road to Emmaus talking, they were looking at each other talking. But it was Jesus. And, of course, recognize him. How about this? Moses and Elijah on the Mount, uh, on the Transfiguration. When Jesus uh, went up, was in his uh, glorified state. And Peter, James, and John sneaked their way up there and see Moses and Elijah there. And, I mean, we don't know every single thing uh, that happened in the story except for what was written in the pages and the Gospels there. But it doesn't look like to me that Jesus had to say, oh, hey, Peter, James, and John. Hey, have you guys met my two friends here? This is Moses. Hey, this is Elijah. Hey, get to meet each other. Oh, shake hands. Oh, yeah. It seemed as if they immediately recognized who they were, supernaturally somehow. Somehow they knew that. Not sure. But I believe we will be able to recognize each other. Next one. Will our loved ones in hell spoil heaven for us? We briefly covered this idea uh, a few lessons ago. Here it is in a little bit more detail. In heaven, we will see a new, we will see with a new and far better perspective. We're going to fully understand verses like 2 Peter 3 9. We're going to understand that the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, word, and not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Right now, we look at that, and through illumination of the Holy Spirit, we can understand what it is saying, that God is long-suffering. He wants everybody to be saved, to come to repentance. He's made a promise for those that trust in him. And right now we say, well, I understand that. But I really don't think we have it all figured out. When we get to the other side, our minds are going to see God for who he really is. But we're also, when we see God for who he really is, I think that's going to be the thing that helps us identify and, and realize how terrible and evil and wicked sin is. And when that takes place, I seriously doubt when we see justice and we see God's mercy and his long-suffering, even our loved ones and our family members and our friends who have chosen to reject Christ who are in hell, we're not going to be up there casting a finger at God and asking questions like we ask on this side. God, how are you just in sending people to hell? Those questions aren't even going to need to be asked. 
because it's going to be revealed in God's character, in his nature, as we see him for who he truly is. Of this we can be certain, hell will have no power over heaven, and none of hell's misery will veto any of heaven's joy. And lastly, a little fun one here for you to finish up, because I figured you guys would enjoy this one. All you pet lovers out there, will there be animals? Well, let's see. Revelation 21.5, the first part of that says, And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. Well, will this include animals? Yes, it absolutely would. Animals would encompass that section right there of all things. All things. And in the new earth, specifically, Christ is not remaking everything totally brand new, creating something totally new. He's actually taking something old and making it new again. Like pretty much like he originally did, except in this instance, we're going to be have the righteousness of Christ versus like what Adam and Eve were created. And so everything is going to be brought back to the way that God intended it. And so the question you may ask, well, why did God just not make it that way to begin with? Why didn't he just make it to where we had no sin? Maybe we already had the righteousness of Christ some way. I mean, he's God. He can do anything. Why didn't he just do it that way if he knew all this terrible stuff was going to happen? I always like to stop people right there and say, be careful when we start judging God's motives. Why he does what he does. All I know is he's been glorified through all those that have trusted him as his Savior. And he's going to be glorified in the new heaven and new earth. So I'm not sure how that all happens. Uh, But it will be like that from the beginning. Isaiah 55, as we think about that idea, Isaiah 55, 5 through, um, we'll do 8 and 9, says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts your thoughts. We can't understand, nor comprehend, nor even try to understand all that God has planned and what he's doing. So, did Christ die for the animals then? We would say, no, no. But in some way he did, and I'm going to show you why. Not in the same way he died for us. Romans 8, 21 and 22 says, Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. So in some way, yes, he died for creation to make it all new again. And they are waiting for all that to complete, and they are in pain. Now, it may not seem like that, but I believe God's word. And they're groaning, travailing in pain. And surely that implies that uh, animals are going to take part of that in creation. Someone asked, well, what about dinosaurs? (laughs) Uh, We'd say maybe yes. I mean, they were part of God's original creation. They were cursed by sin. Uh, Randy Alcorn, he's, he's funny. He says this. He says, animals were created for God's glory. What could speak more of his awesome power than a Tyrannosaurus Rex? <laughs> True. So what about our pets? One guy said, if there are no dogs in heaven, 
then when I die, I want to go where they went. <laughs> Those of you that love your uh, dog or your cat, maybe that's you. I think Brother Tom, he'll want no animals. He's seen so many of them, he wants them to be done. But there's some people. Well, is God going to restore our old animals and give us back to them? We cannot say for certain. God could create entirely new animals, yes. He could bring back the old ones, or he could possibly do both. Create new ones and bring the old ones back. Who knows? And then lastly, will animals be able to talk? That's a good question, but I'm going to leave you with this. When the serpent spoke to Eve, when the serpent spoke to Eve, I don't read in there where Eve said, hey, a talking snake. I don't know. That's what I got for you. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Next week, we're going to look at the new earth, specifically uh, New Jerusalem, all that good stuff. Hope you're here to, to hear it. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.